0: Good morning, how's everybody doing today? Awesome, man, we are so glad that you're here. My name's Tim, and uh, I have the privilege to, uh, um, to be part of this great church and what God is doing. And we, um, I tell you what, man, I'm so excited today for a couple reasons. The first one is because I believe that the cry of our community are kids. And whether that's babies or whether that's students, You know, um, elementary age, middle school, high school, I really believe that the cry of this community is our kids. That we have such a incredible responsibility and privilege in front of us for the ones behind us. Are you with me? And I just wanna say thank you today. My heart is filled with nothing more than joy and love and I am so proud of you. I have a lot of pride in my heart this morning and that's a good kind of pride because I'm so proud of you because so many of you, you gave, and you gave when we did Generous July. And if you don't know the story, we started about 15 months ago under a pavilion with, with, with nothing but God. And what we found out is God is more than enough. That's what we found out. And we just, uh, we're thankful that that's part of our DNA. But God is blessed, and whether it was there or the pier or here, um, what's incredible is today, starting today, it's a whole new day for our kids and our students. And that's only because you gave. That is only because you gave. And I'm just proud to say that Momentum Church is debt-free. We have no debt. And uh, Momentum Church has been able to uh... Thank you Jesus. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I say that to brag and to boast in Jesus because only he could, could do what has happened and he is worthy of the credit. And so I just want to um, point that trophy, lift that trophy up to him. But uh, it's amazing. I, I would ask you today, when you leave here, to go, um, at least go into the first and fifth area, if you can't, the babies, even if you don't have kids, but go in there. And I would love for you to see what your generosity and what your sacrifice looks like lived out. Because we just believe that sacrifice paves the way. And so many of you, you sacrificed, man. It was July, it's vacation time. You're, you went above your tithes and offerings to say, you know what, this is a need and we're gonna give. And you never outgive God. You never outgive him. And today, one of the coolest things for me um, was being in there when the kids came in. And I'm telling you, I felt like a kid in a candy store this morning. I could not wait to see the look on the kids' faces as they came in and were like, holy cow, because they've been in there for almost a year, first through fifth, especially, and then our students. And we've, you know, this is a great environment in here. We've spent a lot of money to, to turn this school, to turn this cafeteria. If you don't know, there's a cafeteria, and there's a great mural right behind there of dolphins, and, and there's, a, there's a water machine right over here, and some Coke machines and tables in the back. Um, but, man, we've, we've gone to a great extent to really raise money um, And, uh, you know, to make this an incredible environment. But our students and our kids were kind of lacking. And so please go in there and look. You're going to be blown away. I mean, it's just the coolest thing. So would you do that for me? Would you do that? Will you go in there and just, you know, I just give everyone a group hug this morning. Um, I sure would love to talk to people and I'd love to talk to y'all. But if I don't get to shake your hand today, if I don't get to look you in the eye today, please know that I love you and I appreciate you. And I count it an honor like the highest honor, and I count it the highest privilege to be your pastor. And I just thank you. You have such a heart like Jesus. Thank you so much. And so I have to start with Thanksgiving because if I don't, it's going to come out somewhere else, man. It's just bubbling within me. Now, we're in a series, and we're talking about the series is entitled Remote. And Remote is actually about our tongue and how we struggle for control of our tongue. And last week, we kicked off 10 symptoms of a toxic tongue, and this is found in the book of James. We're actually going through the book of James chapter by chapter, and so if you have your iPhone, your smartphone, your iPad, your tablet, your Bible, no matter what it's on, or if you got your Bible, like I got mine up here, man, pull it out, go with me to James, and we're going to read a couple verses today, and pretty much, just so you know, um, there's some great versions out there, and I think versions, um, for the most part, are kind of like tools in a toolbox, that they help us understand it. Sometimes um, a version may help us understand. It may give us a little bit different, better angle on a verse. And so the versions we use here is New Living Translation. And, and I, I love the message. I use that. And from time to time, you may see different versions. And, and uh, so I'm just telling you that, not saying those are the only versions. But just so you know where we're at, so there's no confusion there. But today I want to jump right into it because I believe with all my heart that we probably ought to spend uh, an amount of time today having, having uh, an invitation for people that need to heal. Because if you're like me, you probably have harbored hurt, bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, hate. In what we call our heart, which really our heart, we're not talking about our, we're not talking about that, we're talking about our intellect, our will, and our our emotions. So if you ever wonder why your emotions are out of sort, it's because there's probably something unhealthy in your heart, in your intellect, in your will, in your emotions. If you, you ever wondered why you struggle with forgiveness or anger just comes up within you and you can't seem to get victory in that area. It's probably because there's something deeper inside. It's, it's something that lies within. And, and what I want to tell you today as we talk about the tongue is what lies within will hurt you. What lies within will hurt you. You know, out of all the traitors, if we talked about history and all the people that, that have betrayed, you know, I think the biggest one we think of is, is you, you tell me you are so incredibly intelligent, Who who's, who is a, a traitor? Benedict Arnold, that's one of the first names that comes, and he betrayed our country, right? And what, what, a, you know, what a horrible thing to do. How could someone do that? And, and just the other day, I'm reading in, I think, um, the New York Times about, maybe it was Pensacola News Journal, but... Um, it was about a guy, I think, in the Navy that had, you know, right? You're tracking with me? And, and who else? Who is someone else that was known for their betrayal? Judas in the Bible. He betrays Jesus. Jesus knows it's coming. Jesus calls him out in front of all of his disciples, and he says, We're getting ready. They're having the Lord's Supper, and um, communion is what they're taking together. And he says, Whoever dips... You know, we do the little cracker type thing, you know, and, and the juice, you know. And he says, man, whoever's taking, taking um, like, the cracker and, and dipping it, whoever at the same time when I do it, that person's going to betray me. And then he tells Satan, go ahead and do what you're going to do. Go ahead and do it. And now all of a sudden, Judas, Judas is wide open to evil, and he, he betrays Jesus for how many pieces of silver? Thirty pieces of silver he betrays them. And you know what he ends up doing with that money? He um, he ends up, you know, I don't know exactly at what level, but the Bible says that, that he tried at some point to give it back and they wouldn't take it and so he throws that money down and he goes and he hangs himself because he had betrayed. Man, it's pretty bad to betray Jesus, right? That's not a good thing, huh? And yet, I wanna tell you that the biggest um, betrayer is closer than you think. It actually lies within, and it's our tongue. The Bible says that with our tongue, we bless God and curse men. And today, we, I, I, I wanna, what I want to do is review the, the last five that we covered last week, and we're talking about um, five or actually 10 symptoms of a toxic tongue. And And so I just want to do a little review over last week, and then today is strictly just to focus on the last five. And last week I said, you know what, I think I'm going to do that, and then also talk about the power of the tongue. Because when we think about the tongue, the Bible says in in our mouth we have the potential to bring life and death, and so we don't want to just speak about death. Are you with me? We're not a negative church. We're not here to beat anybody over the head. You have a hard enough week anyways. We're here to speak life. But to speak the whole truth, to speak the whole counsel of God, we have to speak the truth of God. And the truth of God is that this coin, known as the tongue, has two sides. It's like a battery. It has both a positive and a negative, and it can hurt you if you don't control it. And so let's, let's do a little review, and then we're in James 3. We'll read some verses and um, the first one that we talked about, one of the symptoms from last week was lying. And we talked about how God hates lying and how, how that all you have to do is tell one lie to be a liar, right? How many of you have ever lied? Raise your hand. How many have lied in the last month? Let's see how honest we'll be now. Have you lied in the last month? And, and, and let me, gum's gotta come um, out. How, how many of you have, uh, like you lied because you were put, when this happens to all of us, I was talking to a dear friend of mine, um, and, and this person was confessing um, and, and telling a story about how last week the message convicted this person and said, man, I just recently was in an awkward position and, and, and ended up, didn't want to hurt somebody, and, and, uh, and so I said something that wasn't really true. Don't we do that? Don't we do that? Don't we kind of um, believe that, uh, that the end justifies the means? Do we believe that? Frankie, Jimmy just called me. I'm not sure what that's about, but would you check on that? My phone was uh, buzzing. I was like, it better be Jesus. <laughs> I don't know if that was a pocket call or a uh, or a SOS. I'm not sure. But we'll check on him, man. Thank you. Um, say what? <laughs> they're overtaking it, man. They're, they're just, uh, they got all this stuff and they're going wild. But don't we do that? We, we get in an awkward position sometimes. We don't want to hurt someone. And so we're like, man, I didn't want to, so I just kind of told a half-truth. God hates lying. There's no white or black lies. There's just lies, and we are all guilty of it. We're all guilty, and, and God hates lying. The Bible says these six things God hates. Yay, seven. Yes, seven it makes him sick. It makes him want to vomit, a proud look, right, not good to have pride, and then a lying tongue. And um, then number two is division, people that go around stirring up strife. I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. God hates that. Like we we don't don't go around and stir up strife, right? If 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 you've got um, something that you know about and you could just man, you could just really cut down someone. You could really just destroy them. Don't go around and destroy spe- people. Speak life into things and people. Number three was gossip. We said that gossip was spreading intimate and private. Whether they're rumors or they're facts, but we're going around. The the, the Bible word for it I grew up with was tailbearer. It's like they're always telling on people. They're always, man, did you know is their favorite beginning of their sentence. Did you know? Have you heard? You know, that that's what they love to do. And God hates that. Do not think that you can act that way and still receive God's blessing. God will not bless that. And so number four was slander. If slander is like a cousin to gossip. Um, slander is passing along negative information that maybe we've heard, but we don't really know if it's true or not. Like we've heard, but we really don't know if it's true. And, and, and oftentimes I, oftentimes I know, I know I've done this where I've said, we, maybe we're talking about an athlete or something and say, yeah, my friend saw that person and I ran into that person and I'm thinking of one specific in the uh, Georgia aquarium right there in Atlanta. And I ran into a, a incredible athlete, and the guy was just like a jerk, and so my best friend told me this, and I've probably said that to a couple people, even though I like the team he plays for. Like, that person's just a jerk. Have you ever said anything like that, or someone ran into a movie star or something like that, and they said, yeah, but that person, and then you take that info, and then you spread it. Have you ever done that? Would you raise your hand, right? Nobody perfect here, right? By the way, if you're perfect here, there's no perfect people allowed. That's kind of like the uh, You know that's like the known unknown here. Uh, No perfect people out. We are all broken people, and um, but we thank God for forgiveness. And so, if you're here perfect, you're probably not going to like us, and you might want to go somewhere else because you really mess us up. But uh, we all struggle with this. I struggle with this, and I want to be human with you because I'm human, and I want you to know that my tongue has got me in a lot of trouble. Mom, I'm tell a story. This is uh, you remember story at Christmas time. several years ago, I would like to think I was younger, who knows how old I was, um, but I remember one Christmas, um, we had presents, and I know our family at that time, we were going through a really hard time, and we didn't have a lot of presents, so I think mom and dad were trying to stretch out the time, you know, and instead of us all just ripping through the presents like, you know, kids love to do, it, it was kind of like, why don't you open a present, you know, Christy, and then Tim, you open a present, and then Jamie, and then Ben, you remember this, and so we, we kind of did this thing, and when, you, when you're a kid, that's the last thing you want to do, right? You want to see, what did I get? You know, and, and, and did Santa Claus know if I was really naughty or nice? And uh, so you start ripping in everything. Well, I had, you know, mama told me, you know, wait, wait, and, and I disobeyed. I disobeyed, and man, I ripped in. I opened them up. I wasn't listening. And I remember mom saying, I told you to wait, You know, I told you to wait, you know, and and she's like, like Jonah, you know, like I was acting like Jonah. Now, if you don't know who Jonah was in the Bible, Jonah disobeyed God and it cost him. It cost him because God said, go this way. He went that way. He got on a boat, went to sleep. And all of a sudden the boat was in a big storm. And uh, the guys are like, what are we gonna do? And they were like big, bad, mean fishermen. You know, these were pretty tough, but all of a sudden, they're a little weak in the knees. And, and they're, what's going on? Like, God is against us, and, and he wakes up, and he's like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, I'm running from God. <laughs> That's kind of why you're in trouble. And they're like, uh, really? Thanks for letting us know. And so what are we supposed to do? Because his God wasn't their God. They were unbelievers. He was a believer. And uh, he said, man, if you, if you throw me over into the water, the storm will stop. And so they're like, thank you for letting us know. <laughs> and they kind of ejected him rather quickly. And the storm stopped, the Bible says. And, and he's out there. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that God had prepared a big fish. And whether it was a shark or a great white or a whale or whatever it was, I don't know, man. It could have been the world's, you know, it could have been in the Guinness Book of World Records. I don't know. It could have been the largest goldfish for all I know. It was just a big fish. And this fish ends up swallowing him. And I know some of y'all may think like that was just a story, that was like a fairy tale. No, I, it's, it really happened. And, um, and so he gets swallowed, so he disobeyed. That's, that's who that character was, okay? So back to the story, just in case you didn't know who Jonah was. Um, mom was like, Jonah? And mom had no sooner, you know, pointed out the fact that I was acting like Jonah, and my mouth just, I mean, it opened and foolishness came out. Have you ever done that? Your boss ever said something to you at work? I was talking, to, oh, that's so funny, but I was talking to someone about uh, uh, them and their boss, and, <laughs> and their, their boss had said something, and they said something about the phone, you know, and, and then they kind of told the boss, you know, this was just, you know, they told the boss what they like to do with that phone, you know, and it just came out immediately. You've probably never done anything like that, but, um, but uh, man, it just open mouth wham, there it goes. Well, mom had no sooner said, Jonah, and I said, Jezebel. Jezebel wasn't a good woman in the Bible, and she was an enemy of God, and I don't Mom, be honest with you, I hadn't really premeditated on that one, it just, uh, that just came out, man, you know, like, I got angry, you call me name, I'm going to call you name, there was Christmas morning, so guess what present I got I wasn't expecting, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it had something to do with the word, son, this will hurt you, <laughs> hurt me worse than it will hurt you, you know, and I thought, there you go, lying again, dad, I love you, but you are such a liar, I love you. You have no idea, hashtag, you know, you have no idea. And um, love lifted me, love lifted me, and it's something about the board of education, changes everything, but, but uh, my mouth got me in trouble, maybe your mouth has got you in trouble, Last week, we talked about the takeaway was that I'll keep the safety on, that it's important that just like walking around with a loaded gun is dangerous, that our tongue is dangerous. That's why David of old said, Lord, set a watch before my mouth. In other words, what he was saying is, God, put a gatekeeper, put a gatekeeper in front of my mouth. Let there be a filter. Put a grid. Just like with coffee, right? So you don't get chunks of stuff floating around. Like you need a little filter. Put a filter so that what comes out is true and good and pure and life and not death. And um, number five was breaking confidence. That's just someone goes around breaking confidence. You know, they're uh, revealing secrets. And someone tells you, you know, hey, I got to tell you this. Please don't tell anyone. Please, I trust you. And you're like, I, you know, bro, I got your bag. I'm not going to say anything. Come on, tell me, you know. And you, it's like money, you know, for some people. It just They can't hang on to it. It burns a hole in their pocket. They got to spend it. And, and you have this new information, and, and you just go around, and you've told three or four or five or seven or ten people and, and, and maybe even wrapped it with a prayer request. Like, we need to pray for him now. This is private. Please don't say anything. You know, and we do that sometimes as Christians, and um, there goes my pack, and we do that sometimes as Christians, and, and, and we spread gossip, or we tell secrets, and so God's just not into that. Those are five symptoms of a toxic tongue, but I really want to land on the other five today, and then next week, man, we are going to talk about how the tongue can, and was designed originally, because originally everything was created perfect. That's a beautiful story about the Bible. It didn't start with sin. It started that God created everything and it was good. It was awesome. It was amazing. But sin changed everything and and so now we struggle with our tongues. Number six, if you're taking notes, number six is cursing. Number six is cursing. And you know, when we think about cursing, we think about um, cussing. Right, in America, that's what we come to think of, like cursing is cussing. Um, I don't know about you, I, I said in one of the gatherings last week, I remember to this day, the first time I ever cussed, it was my birthday party. Something about holidays, you know, bring out the worst, I guess, I don't know. But it was my birthday, it was at my house, it was my birthday party, we're playing two-hand touch football, my best friend, who only weighed probably 100 pounds heavier than me, you know, two-hand touch, and he tackled me, putting his shoulder right there, and my rib cage landed on me, You know, and I was like, "He's like, are you okay?" I'm like, "You know," and and as soon as I could speak, you know, a bad word came out. And uh, again, y'all probably never said a bad word, but uh, but I did, and I remember that. Again, eighth, ninth grade, right around in there, cussing. You know, I look up to people like Tony Dungy, who's who was a coach, a phenomenal coach for for uh, the Buccaneers, and then and then went on to the Colts and. Just, there you go. I, th- I thought we might get a shout out there, sir. I see you. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal coach. And you know what his players said about Tony Dungy? They said he was just genuine, and they would describe him as the word pure. They said no coach um, and no player ever heard a cuss word come out of his mouth. My grandmother, when my grandfather was on his deathbed, he was, mom, how old was he when he died? 94? 90? Ninety? Ninety. He's ninety years old, and my grand as he was being um, as he was being taken out to the ambulance. My grandmother told me she said, "I've never heard one bad word come out of his mouth." And I think they got married like teenagers, right? You remember back then people got married at like thirteen. Um, not one bad word, not one cuss word, not one gossip. He lived by. The motto that if you can't say something nice about someone, don't say anything at all. And when she said that, I felt convicted because my wife couldn't say that. Could yours? Could your husband say that? Could your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your fiance, your brothers? Could they say that? Like, wow, what a what something what 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 a legacy to to live up to for me. My wife couldn't say that. I've gone off the rocker a few times have you? Mm-hmm. Never said a bad word. And we think about cussing and, and you know what? I, nothing, nothing irritates me more than, than being in like a family friendly environment and, uh, and someone has a dirty mouth. I'll never forget the first time I had courage to stand up and say something. It was at the snowball derby, um, in the great city of Pensacola. And, um, there were these guys racing. There was this redneck, and he was out, and he had, he had had a couple beers before 6 a.m., I think, but he was out there, and that brother was lit. And he, the only thing he knew was, you know, some speak, people speak English. He spoke cuss, you know, cuss words. He, I promise you, I couldn't tell if he was American or what. I went, he was just, you know, he was just one cuss word after another after another, and I was there, and, and I didn't have kids at the time, but there was a family over here with children, and he kept just dropping the F-bombs and the other bombs. And I had enough. And, and two things immediately were inside of me. One was fear and the other was courage. And don't you know that they always go together? Because courage does not mean there is no fear. You cannot have courage without fear. Courage means that fear is present. But you're willing to push through anyways. Let Just marinate in that for a little bit it'll taste better later. And I stood up and I looked at the guy and I said, I said, sir, would you please shut your mouth? I've heard about enough. And then I was like, what in the world did I just do? (laughs) I was fixing to get beat like Oregon put it on Tennessee yesterday, man. I was I wanted to say something about next week, but I just might not go there quite yet. So, so, uh, so we play Florida, just in case you were wondering. Um, so anyways, I say that, and then this dude, I see you're chomping back there. We wanna chomp the, the, what is it? We wanna stomp the chomp in the swamp. That's what it is. But I'm not sure we can. We'll see. We will see, we'll see. But uh, anyways, I'll never forget the dude stood up. And I think his name was Bubba, I'm pretty sure, I don't know, but pretty darn sure his name was Bubba. First, middle, last name, somewhere in there. I know Bubba was part of his name, but he stood up, you know, he's a big dude. Toby, where are you at? You in the house today? Where's Toby at? Could, Toby, would you, st- would you just stand up just for a minute? Everybody look at Toby right there. Was that you, Toby? Toby? It was a big, strong dude like Toby, man. That dude, Bubba, stood up. He's like, what'd you say? I was like, I'm not sure I said anything, man. I was like, Could I buy you another beer? I mean, no. no. I, he, what'd you say? And here it was. And I turned, I looked at him, and I said, I said, I said, please shut your mouth. I said, there are kids right down here, and we don't need to hear what's coming out of your mouth. And I'm not sure what I was gonna say or do next, man. I, I knew I, I ran in high school. <laughs> I was pretty sure I could outrun him. <clears throat> and I looked at him and he said, You. And he sat down. And I was like, all right, I'm a big boy. I didn't take that. <laughs> could have been worse. <clears throat> And then all of a sudden, he turned, and he said, man, I'm sorry. I apologize. I was wrong. But I forgive you, man. Nothing there. Talk to him afterwards. You'd have thought my name was Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> right? But I stood up because the dude had a potty mouth. Man, God's against having a potty mouth. There's, there's a, a commercial on TV. I want you to look at the screens, and I think it has something to do with Gum. Let's look at the screens and see a commercial here, can't we? Well, hello, Percy, feather plucking cheater, eat spatula and die spittle stick. We're here fair and square. Then why is our Fuddy Duddy cheerbook missing booger breath? I don't know. Why don't you check your donkey door? Oh, why don't you check your donkey door? I'll pineapple slap your ass, cut. Bring it on, dookie head, poo poo face. Hey, you cankle bandits, me. knock off the pumpernickel. Fabulous. Orbit, peppermint, and spearmint clean another dirty mouth. For a good clean feeling, no matter what. I don't know if you've seen that before or not, but um, you, did you get a piece of gum coming in here today? Did you get a piece of gum? Like, don't we wish it was just that easy, right? You can take out your gum if you haven't chewed already. Take it out and go ahead and put it in your mouth. Go ahead and put it in your mouth and, and let, this, uh, let this just be a reminder. I'm going to get mine here. If I start smacking, y'all just let me know, right? That would not be good with a microphone. it would be like, ah. Something about the fact that it's so easy, right? If you've struggled with that for a long time, you've had a potty mouth, you've had a dirty mouth, it's just easy to stay that way, right? And it's just easy to think it's no big deal. Let's look at what the Bible has to say. James, we're in James chapter three. And I'm gonna read from the message. I want us to look at uh, um, verse seven, chapter seven. You got your Bibles with you. Chapter three, verse seven. The Bible says this. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless God our Father, and with the same tongues, we curse the very men And women made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. My friends, this can't go on. A spring doesn't gush fresh water one day and brackish the next, does it? Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? Raspberry bushes don't bear apples, do they? You're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a cup of clear, cool water water, are you? And yet the tongue does that to us. Our tongue betrays us. Our tongue is, is small but so very powerful. Our, our, tongue, our mouth opens up and our tongue lets everyone know what was in our heart. The Bible says out of, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you ever said something and you're like, man, I didn't mean that, man. I was just joking, but you kind of really meant it but you kind of said it funny because you were kind of hoping they would think you were joking, but you were really trying to get a message across. You with me? Mm-hmm. We're talking about cursing was number six. Cursing, we're gonna look at, I, I wanna read, um, just read a couple passages here real quick. Um, Psalm 109, 17 through 18. Psalm 109, 17 through 18. Listen to what the Bible has to say here. Psalm 109. And it says this, since he loved cursing so much, let curses rain down. Since he had no taste for blessing, let blessings flee far from him. He dressed up in curses like a fine suit of clothes. He drank curses. He took his bath in curses. So give him a gift, a costume of curses. He can wear curses every day of the week. That's what they'll get. Those out to get me an avalanche of ju- an avalanche of just deserts from God. I worked with a man in Atlanta. Um, when I left Pensacola, um, I knew God wanted me to leave, and I, I knew God wanted um, to stretch me and grow me more th- than what I was And, and I knew that, that God had something next for me, and we moved to Atlanta, didn't have a job, just picked up our household in 20, less than 24 hours. It was crazy. God was all over it. We went to a church, uh, North Point Community Church, phenomenal church in Alpharetta, Georgia, and actually all over the place now, but just began learning from Andy, and I'd been listening and reading so much, everything I could get my hands on from Andy and John Maxwell, and Maxwell went to the church then. I was just learning, 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 learning about leadership, and and yet there was healing in my life that God needed to do. There was a lot of healing, and uh, so it was kind of like I hadn't... um, got out of the ministry, which is what Christians often say, because I don't think you get out of the ministry. I don't think the ministry is that I'm on staff at a church. I think the ministry is I'm following Jesus. And I'm a doctor and a school teacher and a lawyer and a principal and a coach. I'm a fireman. I'm a policeman. I'm a city mayor. I'm the president. I'm whoever, but a Jesus follower, right? And so I went there and I got a job. Jimmy hooked me up. He was working. He was really high up with Select Comfort. Oh, Select Comfort. Comfort. It's they're really comfortable. Um, a Select Comfort and uh, creator of the Sleep Number bed. So I was working right there, and and there was this guy who was in the military, and he was in his late, I would say, probably mid to late sixties. And I used to think that's old. Now I think that's incredibly young, um, as I near forty. But. Uh, I, I just knew from the get-go, he told me, he said, I'm gonna tell you something, you're, you're a preacher, right? And I was like, yes, sir, and he said, I'm gonna tell you something right now, and he's dropping the words right and left, and he said, there's two things you better not talk to me about ever, preacher boy. Number one is religion, and number two is uh, politics. A couple of hours later, he asked me to go to dinner with him, so we went to dinner, and um, he brought up religion and politics, and um, we began, I just began to love him, um, he, uh, he had just you know, I think everybody has some good in them because they're made in the image of Jesus. But he was far, and trust me when I say far, he was far from God. He thought God's last name was damn it, and so he would often say God's name is first and last, and um, and it bothered me. But I didn't want to beat him over the head with the Bible. I wanted him to see Jesus in me, and let that be my message, and so after I had laid plenty of relational ground with him, one day, out of the blue, and it was nothing for him to take God's name, to say GD, it was nothing for him to do that 20 times a day, and and that probably, you know, wasn't as bad as some of it, one day, I just said out of the blue, I said, Spencer, I said, man, what do you think God's last name is? He was like, I don't know, I never really thought about it. I said, well, I just was thinking and I just thought you might wanna know. I, I know what it's not. And you know, from that day, every time he'd say, God, and then he'd say, you know, dang it. And then he'd, and he tried to back away from that. I bought him a Bible for Christmas one year and, and a couple years ago when we started this church, I had the privilege to speak at his funeral. The tongue is powerful, very powerful. When we think of cursing, we think of just cussing, but can I tell you that the Bible actually speaks of cursing? What is cursing? Anything that's not blessing. So when you call your son a freaking idiot, you're cursing him. When you call your daughter a s- slut, you're cursing her. And it got real quiet real quick, but can we just be real? Because I'm a preacher, and you know, oftentimes we look like everything is perfect. But the stuff that goes in the walls of homes aren't that perfect, are they? Not that perfect, right? It's like, how did that come to that? It didn't just happen. And I meet with people every week who are hurting. And so much of it has to do because they spoke cursing over somebody instead of a blessing. The Bible says if you love cursing so much, I'm not talking about cussing now, I'm talking about cursing. If you love cursing so much, God will curse you. Do you want to be cursed? I don't want to be cursed, right? So choose life and speak life. If, you're, if your child, listen to me, we've got a lot of young parents in here. Hear me out. If your child is struggling in school and you're frustrated, don't speak death over them. If they have a learning disability, maybe you don't know, but that's what they have. And you're just like, come on. And you're frustrated because they're in fifth grade. And, and you're like, come on, can't you get this? What are you? Are you stupid? Or they bring on bad grades. Don't curse them. Are you with me? Your husband or wife, they make you upset. He forgets. You called him, asked him to stop by Walmart, whatever, pick up this or that, or gave you a honey to-do list, or, or asked you to do this or that, and they forget. Have mercy. Let's operate with the umbrella of grace. Let's grace come from our mouth. Let's have grace talk and not curse talk because curses hurt people. They hurt people. Number seven was taking God's name in vain. Taking God's name in vain. Taking God's name in vain, I already talked about it, I already mentioned it, but did you know that there's a whole other category when we talk about taking God's name in vain? That taking God's name in vain is not just saying God's name, whether it's, you know, you watch the movies, by the way, watch this, you watch a movie, you watch television, you will never hear them take Buddha's name in vain. You never hear him take the angel Moroni, his name in vain. Is it the Tali Talidama? Is that right? Did I pronounce that correctly? I've never one time heard anyone take his name in vain. But I've heard him say Christ. I've heard him say Jesus. I've heard him say Jesus Christ. I've heard him say other things. Are you with me? God in the Ten Commandments said, don't take my name in vain. That means don't use God's name as an expletive. And you know what? I praise God for this, and I don't brag because of this, but I praise God for this. I think God's just given me a little boldness in that area. I was at the MMA fight a couple, what, a week ago, and a guy was there, and and the girl, you know, they're on a date, you can tell, and she comes up, and she didn't want to cut in front of me, and so he's like, come on, get in front of me. I'm like, please get in front of me. Go ahead. And this dude is, you know, drank a little bit too much. Come on, come on, you know, and he's just being real. He's just like, man, you really want to date that dude, you know? I wanted to introduce her to Jimmy. But um, she was really pretty, and that's all I mean by that. But, um, but I'm thinking, what a loser this guy really is, you know, and he doesn't know it. But I didn't speak cursing over him. Um, I just thought it. And, um, and I, I, he's mistreating this lady. And so I was like, please, man, please just go ahead of me. And, and then he takes God's name in vain. He says, Jesus Christ. And I looked at him. I said, man, he's an awesome guy, isn't he? hello, you're on the air, right? Just like, don't let people, and we we don't have to carry the big Bible and beat people down, but man, you ought to stick up for your Savior. He hung for you, and he hung for me naked. So I'm gonna be willing to get out there a little bit on a branch, you with me? But taking God's name in vain is not just saying it as a cuss word. Taking God's name in vain, and I've done this, is when you use God's name for an advantage, or for leverage. How many single guys in churches in the world today have gone to a girl and said, God's told me, you're the babe I'm supposed to marry. (laughs) If that's you and you believe that, if God even told you that, just be quiet so you don't ruin it. That's a funny illustration, but how many times have we been like, oh, yeah, and we, we play the God card when God didn't want us or tell us to slap down the God card as if it was a trump card. Are you with me? That's taking God's name in vain. That's seven. Number eight is filthy language. And, you know, um, it's, it's so easy to be offended at the snowball derby with little children here, and it's so easy to sit in a movie theater and laugh at the same language. In music and comedy and movies, Colossians, let's go there real quick. Colossians, you have your Bibles, man. You want to highlight this first. Colossians, we're going to go to chapter 3, okay? Colossians chapter 3. I want to read verse 8 real quick. Colossians 3, verse 8. I'm just gonna read five through eight, if that's all right. The Bible says, and that means killing off everything connected with the way of death. Number one, sexual promiscuity, that's like sex outside of marriage. Impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like when you feel like it. My God, doesn't that describe us, right? Like not us, but like our nation. And grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. It's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. God is love. God is merciful. But let me tell you something. God is just. And God is holy. It wasn't long ago that you were all doing that stuff and not knowing any better. But you know better now. So make sure it's all gone for good. Here it is. You ready? Bad temper irritability meanness profanity dirty talk number 8 was filthy language number 9 is strife strife is is contentious speech it's being argumentative or quarrel, quarrelsome it's always it's always again it kind of plays back to the you're you're trying to start something it, your husband and your wife we do this all i say all the time but we we've done this before, right? As married couples, he upsets you, you upset him. And um, so what do we do? We know where their buttons are at, at, right? And we push those buttons, don't we? We're like, oh yeah? Oh, you want some of this? Do you? I got you. Are you sure? All right. And we push their buttons as if we got the four digit memorized. And we watch them, and we watch them erupt. We knew what would ignite it, strife. Number 10 is unbelief. Unbelief is so huge for all of us. It's, it's the source. The source of it is the heart. It's what in our heart eventually comes out of our mouth. I'll read one more verse and we're done. Hebrews chapter three. Hebrews chapter three, and I want to read 12 through 13. Hebrews three, 12 through 13. We're talking about Unbelief. The Bible says it makes good sense that the God who got everything started and keeps everything going now, including us. Isn't that cool? That he that begun the good work in us will perform it till the day of Jesus. That he started a good work in us and he will complete it. But it now completes the work by making the salvation pioneer perfect through suffering. We don't like that. As he leads all these people to glory. Glory. Since the one who saves and those who are saved have a common origin, Jesus doesn't hesitate to treat them as family, saying, I'll tell my good friends, my brothers and sisters, all I know about you. I will join them in worship and praise you. Again, he puts himself in the same family circle when he says, even I live by placing my trust in God. And I apologize, that was not the right scripture. It has chapter 2. I'm reading it, I'm like, this doesn't sound right. <laughs> what do you do on 4th and 25? You punt, you punt. Chapter three, let's try that. Verse 12, here we go. Maybe this will connect, resonate a little better. So watch your step, friends. Make sure there's no evil unbelief. Oh, there we go, right passage. Make sure there's, there's no evil unbelief flying around that will trip you up and throw you off Course, diverting you from the living God for as long as it's still God's today. Keep each other on your toes so sin doesn't slow down your reflexes. If we can only keep our grip on the sure thing we started out with, we're in this with Christ for the long haul. We're in this with Christ for the long haul. And can I just say today? that we're in this with Christ for the long haul. Man, there's 10 symptoms of a toxic tongue. And I want to land the plane right here. But I really want to encourage you and me. And this is the takeaway, man. This is the phrase that pays. Don't be hung by your tongue. And and my prayer is today is that the Holy Spirit will do some deep work in just the next few minutes because there are people sitting here today that that the truth is, years ago, someone cursed you and you haven't got over it since. You were in elementary. You were in middle school. You were in high school and someone close to you Said something that hurt. and you know what I, you know what I see all the time as a pastor is I see people that have hangups that other people can recognize, but oftentimes the person with a hangup can't fix. and oftentimes it's because something way back there in the dark, way back there in the dark, years, years back there, like, like there's a closet. There's a space, and we're too afraid to go there because, because we don't want to go there. We, we don't want to open that up because there's, there was hurt back there. There was pain back there. Someone said something to you. I watched something last night that my friend Doug sent me. And I'm going to show it this next Father's Day, Lord willing, but it was this uh, preteen, and the kid looked younger than that, right? Um, But this boy who's giving his mom all all kinds of heartache. Maybe you've seen it on Facebook or YouTube. He's on a show, and the mom's there. And she's sitting there. She brought her son, and they got a drill instructor. A drill instructor gets in the boy's face. He couldn't have been 11, 12. And he gets up in his face, and he's talking to him like a drill instructor. He's saying, you want, you know, he's talking about, man, for years you want to do that. And he's getting on all this stuff. And then he says, He's like, you want me to be your daddy? The little boy says, yes. The dude steps back because he wasn't expecting that. And he looks and all of a sudden there's this moment, within this moment of a TV show. He says, why? This little boy says, because I don't have a daddy. There are people in this room that your mother, your father, your grandparents, you had a relative, you had a friend, best friend, grandparent. They said something about you and it stuck. You've been in the muck ever since. The problem is 20 years have gone by, 30 years have gone by, and you're still stuck in the muck because the power of somebody's tongue spoke death over you. It was a curse. And the truth be told, you're just a few questions away from tears. You would do anything if you could get past that. Now listen, God already knows there's healing here today. And my prayer is in my heart that today Jesus will set you free from the curse that was spoken over you. You may have been called fat you've been overweight ever since so what do you do with your pain you take it to the pantry you may have been called ugly whatever it is jesus meet us here